You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. You know, sometimes in the midst of our circumstances, when we're struggling and we're crying and ours get so filled up, we can't see Jesus either when he appears in our midst. We can't see him. We, we don't know that he's there. We're reminded of the two disciples on the way to Emmaus. Remember, they couldn't see Jesus when Jesus walked up and started walking with them. Their, their eyes, I don't know, maybe, maybe Jesus blinded their eyes or maybe Jesus hid himself from them. I don't know. Did Jesus look different? No, maybe he did. Do you ever get caught up in the moment and forget Jesus is with you? Think of the disciples. They were discouraged by Jesus' death, struggling with their emotions. Today, Pastor Dave will share how Mary, one of Jesus' beloved followers, almost missed seeing how Jesus was there in her sorrow. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 20 as he begins his message, Why are you weeping and who do you seek? John chapter 20, beginning in verse 11. But Mary stood outside the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to be say, teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Well, it had been three grueling and long sleepless nights since Jesus's crucifixion, his death, and subsequent burial. It was early in the morning of the first day of the week, as we studied last week. Mary Magdalene and several of the women went to the tomb where they had laid Jesus' body. They wanted to anoint him with oils, something they could not do earlier because it was the preparation day and the Passover was upon them and everything was at great speed and they had to lay him in the tomb quickly and get away for they weren't allowed to be there during the time of Passover. When they arrived at the tomb that morning, they got the surprise of their lives, for they discovered it was empty. Jesus' body wasn't there. 
Running back to tell the disciples, Mary informs two of them of what she had seen. They have taken away our Lord. We see that in chapter in verse 2. They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have laid him. Upon hearing this news, the two disciples that she told, we find out, are Peter and John. And they have a race to the tomb to see for themselves. John reaches the tomb first. He glances in. He sees the linen cloths, but he doesn't go in. Peter, on the other hand, upon reaching the tomb, goes immediately inside, seeing the linen clothes there, seeing that they're folded neatly, and seeing that the other handkerchief that was over his faith was apart from them, wondered and marveled at the sight that he saw. John finally goes into the tomb. He looks intently. He comprehends. He says in his heart, I believe. Leaving the tomb, surprisingly, both of them go home. Both of them go to their houses. They leave the tomb and they just go home. I find that interesting. But Mary stayed. She couldn't tear herself away. She had to know where Jesus' body was. She had to solve the mystery. Look at a verse 11a. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. Standing outside the tomb, Mary was weeping. And it's interesting because the Greek word here for weeping means to wail. She wasn't just crying into herself. She was wailing with grief, which is the way the Jews mourn. They wailed aloud with grief and hurt and pain. There was pain in her heart, and it was just too much to bear. Did she think to herself, well, this was the last place he was. I know that he was here. I helped lay his body here. Where is he? All that she could understand was that Jesus was there, and his body wasn't there. She knew that the tomb was empty. She had looked and seen for herself. Why was she weeping? Well, for one thing, she had lost her friend. She had lost somebody so close and so dear to her, of course she would be weeping. She would be mourning at his loss. But I think there's another reason. I think she was weeping because he wasn't there, and she wanted to be close to Jesus. She wanted to be close to Jesus even in his death. She had an overpowering desire to be where Jesus was. She missed him. She couldn't imagine life without him. Jesus had changed her life. How would she go on without him? What do we know about Mary? What do we know about this woman named Mary, one of the many Marys in the Bible? Well, we know from verse 1, her name is Mary Magdalene. Tradition says she comes from the town of Medala, which is near the Sea of Galilee. And when we were over in Israel, as we were driving by, our guide pointed out the city of Megala. And he said, "There's, the, you can see the big sign pointing to a city. This is where they say that she was from. And there are many theories about who this woman was that came to the tomb that Sunday morning. Some say that she's a sinful woman in Luke 7 at the feet of Jesus, weeping and washing his feet and wiping them with her hair and then pouring all kinds of fragrant oil on them as the Pharisees railed at her. Some claim she was the woman taken in adultery in John 8. But none of these are scriptural. None of these have any scriptural basis. They're not found in our canonical rec text. Mary's name does appear 12 times in the New Testament, but mostly dealing with the crucifixion and resurrection. From these scriptures, we know for sure that Mary was at the cross 
And she was at the tomb of Jesus. Those things we know for sure. But we know something else about Mary. In Luke's account, specifically Luke 8, verse 2, and in Mark's account in 16:9, we learned that Mary had an encounter with Jesus. And during that encounter, he cast out seven demons from her. We know that. Cast out seven demons from her. So Mary had a very special connection with Jesus. A very special connection. When he had cast out those demons, he had given her new meaning on life. If Jesus, in Jesus, she had found something that she never had before, something that she never known before, peace and hope. From that point on, she followed him radically. She wanted to be everywhere he was, and she followed him everywhere at all expense and no cost, including when he hung on the cross. She was right there, and now at his burial site. See, she just wanted to be where Jesus was. I love that about Mary. She just wanted to be where Jesus was. But her hope had been dashed. Her hope had been drowned out, just like the disciples. Her peace was now turmoil. She too was discouraged. She too was disappointed. She too was hopeless. She too had fallen in despair. Her dreams had been dashed and shattered. And she can't even see the body now because he's gone. You can imagine how her heart hurt. So she stayed there at the tomb and she wept. John Corson, speaking of Mary, says this, quote, This is what love does. Love stays the longest. The last one at the cross was the first one at the tomb, unquote. I like that. Mary loved Jesus. She loved him. Not only because he had cast out seven demons, but because he was her Savior, because he was her Lord. And she's going to mention that here in a couple minutes. Interesting, though, Scripture in Luke 7, 47 says, those who are forgiven much love much. You see this in Mary. You see this in Mary loving Jesus. In her sobbing, Mary decides to take another look. Another look. Maybe he was there. Maybe I was seeing things or imagining things. Maybe he really was there. She decided to look again, to look again, hoping that he really was there. Maybe she was denying herself. No, he really was there. You just didn't see him. So I guess I'll check again. Look at 11b. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. Now, these tombs are very low. They're built low to the ground, and the openings are very, very low, and you have to stoop to look inside. You have to kind of stoop down. So she stooped down. And here the Greek word for weeping, for wept, actually means sob. She was crying loudly and gasping convulsively. She was sobbing. Her heart was so broken. So she stoops down and she looks in and she sees something quite out of the ordinary. It's pretty interesting. She sees something that Peter and John were not granted to see. When Peter and John ran into the tomb, they didn't see this. But Mary saw it. Mary got to see this sight. Look at verse 12. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head, the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus lay. Wow. She looks into the tomb. The last time she looked in there, it was empty. But now she sees two angels and they're dressed in white, and they're sitting on the place where Jesus' body lay. One was sitting where his head was, and one was sitting where his feet would be. This must have been some sight. Did she kind of rub her eyes and go, what? 
Did she really realize what she was seeing? Think about it. Angels sitting on a spot where Jesus had laid. Does it remind you of anything? The mercy seat. The mercy seat of Christ in Exodus. In Exodus 25, where the cherubim, there was one on one end and one on the other end. And what was in the middle? What did they put in the middle? Blood. They put blood in the middle. So imagine this. Here is one angel here and one angel there. What was in the middle? His clothes. They had wrapped his clothes after the crucifixion. Don't you think there was blood on those clothes? Don't you think there was blood there? What a beautiful picture of the mercy seat. What a gorgeous picture here. It's incredible. And what's really interesting, that in the book of Romans, in Romans 3.25, they use this word, and John uses it in his epistle. It's called propitiation. Propitiation for our sins. And in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the word for mercy seat, propitiation. What does that tell me? It tells me that Jesus is our mercy seat. Jesus is our mercy seat. And this beautiful picture painted for us right there. Gorgeous picture that we see. And Mary's looking at this. The angels speak to Mary. They ask her a question. Look at 13. And they said to her, then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Why are you weeping? That's a strange question. Strange question, especially coming from angels. I mean, they certainly knew what had happened. They were aware of everything that happened. Maybe they assumed that Mary should have known also. What are you weeping for? Jesus is alive. Why are you weeping? That's not cause for weeping. That's cause for rejoicing. Why are you weeping? But what I love about Mary is she completely ignores the angels. She completely ignores them. And she says, I know she didn't realize she's speaking to angels. Why? Because she's so focused on her desire to see her Lord. She is so focused on her desire to see Jesus. See, when your passion is Jesus Christ, nothing else suffices except Jesus, including angels, including angels. Nothing else suffices. So she answers them in verse 13. You have taken away the Lord. Where is he? I don't know where she is. She's still not thinking spiritually, even in the presence of angels. Mary's response says it all. I'm weeping because they have taken away my Lord. And I don't know where they've laid him. And I love her response. You have to love Mary's response. She says, my Lord, Jesus is now dead, according to Mary. No thought has been given to the resurrection, but he is still her Lord. He is still her Lord and her Savior. She declares to the angels, they have taken away my Lord. Notice how personal Mary makes it. This is all that matters to her. Her entire devotion is to Jesus and Jesus alone. Her entire devotion is to Jesus and Jesus alone. Hear the despair in her voice. I don't know where they've laid him. Hear that despair. Oh, how she wanted to see Jesus. How she desperately needed to see Jesus. And I love this about Mary. Even in her despair, even in Jesus' death, she knows that Jesus is still her Lord. She doesn't even give the angels much thought. Angels, schmangels, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Once again, I want to remind you, Notice she never had a thought of the resurrection. She never had a thought of the resurrection. What did she miss? Did she not see the burial clothes that Peter and John saw? 
Maybe the angels were sitting on them. I don't know. It seemed like they should not have been. But she was getting really upset. First the tomb is empty, no Jesus. She tells the others and they run to the tomb, no Jesus. Now she's talking to angels and still no Jesus. Where is he? I really love this about Mary. Nothing but Jesus would satisfy her. I like that. Nothing but Jesus would satisfy Mary. I, I love that. And She was in good company when you think about it. Moses and, and the Lord were having a discussion, and the Lord said, well, you go ahead, and I'll send angels with you. And Moses says, if your present doesn't go, I'm not going. See, Moses knew the value of being with the Lord. Moses knew the value of staying with the Lord, and he didn't want the Israelites going anywhere without the Lord, including angels. Asaph in Psalm 73 says this, quote, Whom have I in heaven but you, and there is none I desire on earth besides you. This is what Mary was thinking. This is what was in Mary's heart. Mary had this urgent need to see Jesus, even if he be dead. She needed to see his body, if but just to be near him. She wanted to be near him. Mary sought the Lord with all her heart. She wanted desperately to see him, to look upon him, to be close to him. Is that your position this morning? Is that why you've come this morning? To gather with the saints as we're gathered with Jesus? As we look to Jesus, as we seek Jesus? Is this what you're doing this morning with all your heart and your strength? Are you gathered here because of Jesus? I hope so. I pray so. I pray you're not just filling some sort of religional type activity. I hope you're here to meet Jesus, and I hope you meet him today. The writer of Hebrews, whom I believe is the Apostle Paul, says in verse 11 of chapter, excuse me, chapter 11, verse 6, he says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Those who diligently seek Jesus. And back in the book of Proverbs, in chapter 8, in 17, it says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will what? Find me. Those who seek me diligently will find me. This is where Mary is right now. Mary is about to be rewarded for her diligence. Mary is about to be rewarded for her heart-seeking strength that she had, for looking for the Lord. She's about to be rewarded. Let's go back to the Gospel of John. Look in verse 14. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, and she did not know that it was Jesus. Mary's had it with the angels. She, she's had it. She was going to leave. And she turned around, and there's this man standing there. And the Scripture says who it was, but Mary didn't recognize him. Why not? You're looking for Jesus. Why don't you recognize him? He's standing right in front of you. It's interesting. I have several possibilities. Well, first of all, she was sobbing so much that maybe her eyes were swollen and filled with tears that she didn't recognize her Savior. That's one thing. I don't know. You know, sometimes in the midst of our circumstances when we're struggling and we're crying and ours get so filled up, we can't see Jesus either when he appears in our midst. We can't see him. We, we don't know that he's there. 
We're reminded of the two disciples on the way to Emmaus. Remember? They couldn't see Jesus when Jesus walked up and started walking with them. Their, their eyes. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Jesus blinded their eyes or maybe Jesus hid himself from them. I don't know. Did Jesus look different? Well, maybe he did. Maybe he bore the scars. Maybe there was things all over his head from the crown of thorns. And I don't know how he was covered, but his hands might have been bloody. His face might have been drawn or beaten. We don't know what he looked like. Mary, Mary didn't even realize him. And he had been to such a brutal scourging, beard ripped out and spat upon. We don't know. Maybe it was just early in the morning and it was still dark. And they're in a dark, damp cave. And when she turned, she didn't see him. Although, you know, if you're a da Vinci artist, the angels were glowing. There must have been plenty of light in there by the angels. But she turns and jump bumps into this guy. Or maybe she just didn't expect to see him. Maybe she didn't expect to see him. She was so preoccupied with finding Jesus, he was standing right before her, and he's going, get out of the way, I want to find Jesus. Maybe she was just confused. You know, we get so preoccupied with things in our lives, many things in our lives, and sometimes Jesus is right in front of us, and we fail to see him. We miss him. Or maybe she was just blinded by her own unbelief that the resurrection could not happen. We don't know. It really doesn't say, does it? We're left to our own thoughts. We're left to our own thoughts. But this man, who she thinks is the gardener, asks her a question. In fact, he asks her the same questions that the angels asked. But then he adds something to it. Let's look at verse 15. Jesus said to her, woman... Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing, she supposing him to be the gardener said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him that I may take, I will take him away. Another bizarre question. Why are you weeping? She's lost someone. She's lost someone. She should be crying. Yeah, I wonder if this underlies the fact about Mary. Just like the world doesn't recognize Jesus. Why is it that Mary wouldn't have known and recognized her Savior? Now, I wonder if this isn't the bottom answer, or maybe it applies to all of us more than we really believe. What, what is the reason? Well, we don't know. What is she seeking? We don't know why she's confused. Why, why are you weeping? Jesus says, whom are you seeking? Whom are you looking for? The prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29, in verse 13, says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I think personally, for me, maybe not for you, but for me, this is one of the problems we have. Oftentimes, I don't seek him with my whole heart. I have a half-hearted attitude towards seeking him, especially in a time of trouble. I'm not really seeking God with my whole heart. I say things like, well, God, if you want to, I'm here, or uh, you can do it for me if you desire. Uh, I won't stop you, Lord, if you want to. Oftentimes, we take a passive approach towards God and our attitude towards the things of God rather than seeking God with our whole hearts. Are you seeking God with your whole heart today? Or you're just half-heartedly doing something that you think is a, a religious thing to do. You are a sure 
Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.